Today, in an episode unlike anyone that's come before it, we're going to be talking about taking your merchant services to the next level. If you don't know what that means, you're going to want to stick around. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really happy to be here with you today. Um, this is going to be a really interesting one because we're going to be talking with an expert on merchant services. And it's really interesting because this topic really in many ways can often be dry. And, you know, I actually intentionally made it even drier in this interview in the sense that I asked for a lot of thorough detail as I was talking with uh, Eric Douay, who I've got coming on in a second here, because he just knows so much about like the ins and outs of what this part of business really is. And it's such an important piece for people when they finally start taking their business to the next level and they're getting into the hundreds of thousands in revenue and they want to make sure that payment processing is being done in the right way and that they've always got that money available to them. So we're going to go deep on this. It's going to be really thorough. I think you're really going to like it. Before diving in, obviously a quick update, just a quick thank you to everyone who continues to buy the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read, and those who are now subscribing to the new Andrew Cap YouTube channel. We've passed 600 subscribers there. We've passed uh, 560 ratings on Amazon, five-star reviews. Really glad about that, and really things are going great. So anyone that hasn't checked out the book yet, you can go to www.lastlawofattractionbook.com. And if you want to check out the YouTube channel, it's youtube.com slash Cap with a K. But uh, with that said, since we got a really thorough interview coming up here, we are wasting no more time. I'm going to switch mics. We're going to dive on in and get ready for a very intriguing look at merchant services. Okay, so today's guest is, it's going to be a really interesting one. Um, Eric Douay runs Fair Merchant Solutions, and uh, basically he provides upper-tier merchant processing services for companies that have graduated to the next level and are really bringing in healthy money. And, you know, I know some people listening to this are, are already on that level, and they might not know some things that they can really be doing to help their business. And there's other people that are on the way to that level, and it might be good for them to know a few things. So just like in a conversation that I had with Eric last week, um, we, we just, it became clear that he had some really deep insights that might really help people. So I really just want to invite him on to have a nice conversation, see where we go with this. So with that said, Shatter the Mold warmly welcomes Mr. Eric Duay. Eric, thank you so much for being here and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Well, uh, thank you for having me. I know uh, the the topic of uh, payment processing and credit card is not often uh, um, really shared on on podcast, uh, and I think it's a very important topic because it sometimes uh, kind of regulate the bloodline of the business. So, uh, thank you for having the intelligence to bring up that subject. Hey, I I'll take the compliment. I appreciate it, and <laughs> it. Uh... <clears throat> 
it reminds me like we were talking last week about it and you know you even said like it's even though it's vital it's so important a lot of people don't find it very interesting a lot of people have trouble following it which in and of itself that so that what's uh makes like what your company does and what you do such a valuable thing because a lot of people you know they want to stick to the the creative vision of where their company is going and they don't want to do the heavy lifting of such an important piece for this so you know <clears throat> thank you for providing these kinds of services and thanks for coming on just to share your insights i really appreciate it you're most welcome awesome so i don't know again where we're going to go with this but i know one thing we spoke about and i think this is probably good to give the disclaimer um at least i'll give it for me and i'll give it on behalf <laughs> of you and you'll be free to uh say hey andrew that, that doesn't really apply but i think it's important given that the fact we're going to be talking about finances and merchant services and things like that uh, none of what we talk about constitutes legal or financial advice. I think uh, it's really important for people to hear your insights and, and take what you say to heart, but also realize that you're certainly, everything you're saying, you're never going to say anything illegal, but you're also not going to advise them over a podcast without even meeting them. So we're going to give them your best opinions and insights, but everyone's going to have to react uh, responsibly as adults and, and do their own thing. Fair enough? I totally agree with you. Uh, my intention is to really not disparage the competition, not guided in the way that has just uh, advantages for me, but I really come from a position of serving. So I'm going to try to really help because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner myself, and I want to help other business owners. But you're totally right. In, in this day and era, it's always good to put the disclaimer because this is not a financial or legal advice. Uh, but definitely a uh, uh, well-intentioned business advice. <laughs> yes. And that kind of brings me into the first point that I wanted to ask you about, because I know in my conversations with other entrepreneurs, especially those <laughs> that haven't reached a, a certain level where they can hire a merchant service provider like yourself, um, they might encounter something like, you know, they're working with PayPal, for example, and maybe they have a really good month right out of the gate or, or something happens like in a good way, but it raises a red flag. And then all of a sudden, whether it's PayPal or, or another provider, they, they might choose to hold on to that money or lock it in place for a couple of months or, you know, really leave it inaccessible to the company, which that's the last thing that you're expecting, especially if you're an entrepreneur who might be selling physical products and might need that money to actually pay for the inventory or something else. So I figured I'd, I'd get your opinion first and foremost before diving into other things, like based on your insight and experience, when people have a situation like that, where, where just all of a sudden they explode in success, but their provider thinks it's too suspicious and doesn't want to release the money, is there anything intelligent or anything strategic or anything smart that they can do in response to either loosen up the funds or react in some other healthy way that's going to help them continue with their business? Yes, that's an excellent question. And first and foremost, I want to I wanna mention, like when we talk PayPal Stripe, we're not saying that PayPal is bad or it's good. Actually, the, there is some confusion around how to set up a, a merchant account because first, you know, it's like, uh, what do I do? You know, where do I start? And sometimes when you start a business and you don't have too much volume at the beginning, it's actually a very smart idea to go with people like Stripe and PayPal. And I even encourage people, I don't represent Stripe and PayPal, but I encourage them because I say, you know what? It's not a question of what company is good is bad, is what company is suited, well-suited, who fits to your level of growth. 
Correct. So when you started, let's say you have 300,000 and less, or you, you, you are what consider a more risky account because you sell uh, marketing courses online, uh, or you sell uh, vape parts for people who, who, who vaping or things like this. And it's like, okay, I'm going to set it up. So it's very easy, very easy, uh, no problem, very fast, very practical. And there is a price of convenience, of course, because it's more expensive and there is less functionality. But the thing is that people have to understand that when they reach a certain level and it's growing, it's time to think what is the next step of my merchant processing. And people never think about that because they they just have a provider or service and not a partner like us who guide them along the way. And when things happen, like let's say, you make a product launch. You know how it is? Uh, you do a marketing campaign. You send mm-hmm. a lot of emails. And suddenly there is a surge in sales. And this is great. This is what should happen. You created the copyright. You send the emails. You have a reaction. People want to buy. And suddenly you were doing, let's say, 20,000 a day. And suddenly you do 100,000. Boom. It's time to celebrate. Right. Well, not not for PayPal. <laughs> uh, which, which makes what, sense by the way because like in their defense they're only trying to make sure that a scam isn't going on and that a bunch exactly. of people aren't losing money so you know this is fine it's like again they're not the bad guy in this instance although no. i'm sure to the person experiencing that feel like the bad guy and obviously people would want to try to have a strategic way of responding when that kind of thing happens actually i'm gonna tell you the thing you're totally right PayPal is just doing what they're supposed to do and they're not the bad guys. What happened is that they are not a merchant account provider. They are an aggregator. So mm. they, they, there is no sponsoring bank attached to your merchant account. You just have a sub account of PayPal or Stripe. So they provide you that facility, but if they have a concern, they may shut you down. They may not even hold the money. They may shut you down. So, so there is nothing wrong about that because that's the way PayPal proce- proceeds. And so the day you, you have that problem is the same thing like as the day you're on the Titanic and you realize there is a hole and hmm. the water is coming and you're hoping that you'll be one of the few able to be on this uh, rescue raft, but it's a little late to react uh, because I'm going to tell you, I, I kind of, uh, look at our uh, roster of clients and I ask other, other people I know in the industry that have the same, uh, exp- uh, same client as me, uh, some competitors, but we kind of friendly competition. And I ask them and very, very, very seldom PayPal holds the money. Normally when there is something like this, uh, it's sometimes an automatic shutdown. Mm. Uh, it's rare that you, you hold the money. And what happened is that, uh, it, it's, it's without a warning sometime, uh, because then there is the risk factor and, you know, right. we, we, it's like, no, something's happening. And now you're like, I'm scrambling. I need my money. What do I do? Right, it's right. a little, and I try to find solution to come like the, ta-da! actually, no, there is no, ta-da! this is real life. When, when you have a shutdown, I haven't seen anyone who has been able to instantly recover the money. When it's shut down like this, it's a pain. You, you, you may have a financial loss. 
you may have to wait a couple of months to recoup from PayPal and you, you may have a couple of weeks or days to, uh, to set up a, an account. So, so the thing is that you actually have really not much alternative. That's why you have to think ahead. If I'm going to arrive at 300,000, uh, maybe I'm growing. I need to change the payment processing. And we can talk about that later. The difference mm-hmm. is not is better or, 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 right. or, 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 or worse. It's just a question of setting up according to your growth. And if you know you're going to start to do some emailing campaign and you're going to have surge of cash because like now people are reacting, you got to think about that. The, the best you can do, it's called PayPal in advance and say, by the way, we're going to do a campaign. Normally we do 20K. We expect to do 100K. I'm giving you a heads up. We're doing that campaign on June 26. We expect that between June 29 and July 10, by experience with our launch, there's going to be a search during that period. So right. if you see any spike, could you please not shut down our account? It's normal. So, so, so Eric, you're, I'm real quick. You're saying you're saying to contact PayPal or Stripe about this to tell them that this might happen. That would be the things. Not because it's an online thing. Good mm-hmm. luck to try to reach someone. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So let's just make sure we're on the same page here. Um, so obviously, like based on your experience, when if someone, you know, again, they get this surge and something happens and all of a sudden the money explodes and then there's a shutdown, whether it's PayPal or Stripe or, you know, any like uh, any of the, the official ones or the, the well-known ones, um, it's there's not much recourse in that moment. And what they should instead be doing is anticipating that it might happen and do what they can, whether it's trying to reach out or, or do something like may, either take other measures like um, plan for maybe additional uh, providers, um, even maybe go into merchant services type of situation before the expected surge. Now, real quick to go on the piece where you were talking about, it's not so easy to get people online um, at PayPal, for example, and we'll just keep using their name since they're such an obvious big name. Um, is there a way to do it? Like, or is it kind of like, it's a, you just gotta, it's a luck of the draw and you hope you get through. Well, uh, there is always a, you know, a help line, which is an email. So, you know, you can send email because now there are a lot of things that, I made online and it's possible that somebody will answer you. Just do it way in advance because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes those emails are not monitored constantly. So I, I'm not an employee of PayPal and I certainly don't want to imply things who are not right about PayPal because it's a great company. Before PayPal, it was such a pain to transfer money and to do this. So, so I, I, I have to salute the founder of PayPal who had the vision and who provide a great service is just today we're not making the uh, trial of PayPal. Today we are talking about when you're a merchant who do a certain amount of transaction per year or when you have a certain surge at a certain period of your business, you got to think, is the aggregator I have right now, whether it's PayPal, Stripe or other, is it the right fit solution for me? Mm-hmm. Right. And again, like you said, it comes down to if you're expecting abnormality, I mean, this isn't about like not expecting success. Like if you do 20,000 one month and 30,000 the next month and 40,000 the next month, I mean, that's not a big deal because it's a steady progression of growth. We're talking about like a weird jump where you do like, you know, 
hundreds of thousands of dollars out of the blue in an unexpected way. And the thing is, if you're in your, you're putting yourself that good strategically in that position where you can do that well for yourself, hopefully, ideally, <laughs> you've got the wherewithal, you've got the foresight, and you've even got the infrastructure to try to account for the fact that you want to take an extra step and make sure you either reach out to that aggregator or you have another solution in place to kind of, uh, you know, absorb that kind of cash flow into your bank account. And you know what, to, to just to date historically or, or, or talk today, during that COVID period that we are going through, mm-hmm. a lot of things are starting to be online. So everybody knows starting to buy more and more online. Online right. world is a more risky word for processor. So they are more uh, uh, looking uh, really more carefully to what's happening. But also the fact that if you have, let's say, let's say text, uh, you may find that funny, but I have a friend who is processing a client to do astrology and mysticism online. Well, during the uh, COVID, I guess everybody want to know what's going to be the fate. <laughs> and, right. and so the, 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 the searchers went through the roof because yeah. they were like, I'm stuck at home. Uh, it's COVID. And so, and so they were set up with a merchant processor. So they had no problem because they already knew the transactional profile. And, 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 and given the nature of this business, it is normal that they're going to run online sales campaign to attract new customer. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so the thing is that this is the new reality. You're going to expand your reach because no, it's not your corner store. You're selling online and you got all kind of people. So, so it's true that this is something that you, you, you gotta, you gotta be very aware. So the day it arrives, if you haven't anticipated, well, I have to say, uh, what seems like a, like a, maybe a little glitch can be actually, uh, uh, a chokehold on your finances. <laughs> right. You you brought up something really interesting. Um, you're just talking about like this thing where like, you know, a fortune teller or an astrologer, like I never even had thought about that, that that's the type of person that's going to be thriving. And I think it's important for people to hear that and, and think about it because yeah, we're in, we were, we are, I guess, still in this whole thing where there's um the, the looming threat of, of the pandemic at the very least, where people are still being, uh, told to stay indoors in certain places and things like that, which in other words, there's a prevailing uh, narrative or prevailing uh, communication of uncertainty and of fear and things like that. So of course it makes perfect sense that people would go through extra means to try to figure out the future or respond in other psychological ways, just the way that it might be intelligent, not that I'm giving stock advice, but you probably might want to think about timing your investments for you know, a heating oil company around certain seasons when you know it's going to be used more. It's, it's all about like looking at the world situation, looking at your circumstances and trying to think like, well, what kind of businesses thrive? What kind of business models work? What are people going to respond to and what way are they going to respond that's going to make certain business decisions either intelligent or not so intelligent? So thank you for, for bringing up that story and kind of bringing yeah, up yeah, that point. And, uh, and just to add quickly, you know, uh, I don't recall which state, but I read an article on the business uh, magazine said that while the lottery ticket declined uh, and, and uh, at the, uh, the corner store or in Las Vegas, the casino were all shut down at certain points. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, the online casino in the month of April and May 
their volume of transaction spiked 560% compared to <laughs> April of May of last year because wow. people were home. Uh, maybe they're unemployed or they've been furloughed and they're like, man, maybe I run my chance. And so, you know, right. those companies, you got to see it. So always two ways. This company, very smart. We position ourselves an online casino and, and we're going to make a lot of money because people now feel like uh, they already, people like to gamble, but no, it's like, you know, maybe I'm going to take a chance and those people, they're going to benefit. So I don't say that you should take advantage of people in a situation, you know, who are precarious, uh, not that, but from a strict business standpoint, it's smart. But imagine they didn't set up the merchant account properly. They're going to, yeah, we celebrate. No, we're getting shut down. <laughs> hmm, right, right. Got it. Um, so switching gears just a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, coming back to the conversation you and I had last week that inspired us to, to record and, and talk about this. I, I was really interested and intrigued to learn about, you know, what really counts or what, like what real differences are when you're doing like merchant services and when you're switching over in that way. And one thing that I learned from you was it was surprising in that when you make that switch over, a lot of times, hopefully it's because you're making a certain amount of money, whether it's um, you're, you're processing $250,000 annually or two seventy-five or three hundred dollars or in that neighborhood. Um, I, I don't even know why I never thought of this, but I understand when you're doing that, all of a sudden you have a little bit of negotiating power with the kind of charge or you know, service charge that you're going to incur for all those processes, meaning you, you actually save money by stepping up to something that seems like it might not be like, you know, obvious or might not be a clear thing that you're used to. But when you transition to like merchant services, especially when you have the revenue back it up, it's actually going to be a lot more financially solid for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't blame people. You know what? Uh, uh, you, you know, you have a passion, you sell travel, you're a massotherapist, you're a trainer, you know, your passion is to help people share your knowledge, uh, make them discover things. You don't have time to learn all the intricate part of payment processing. You know, I even learn every day, you know, some mm. new things and you know, they keep evolving. You know, it's like the way we process payment 50 years ago, even five years ago, even six months ago, I've changed. So I think that what's important, and again, this is absolutely no self-promotion. What's important is that wherever you are, make sure that it's not just, I'm giving him a good front end rate and I sign and okay, okay, I can go back to what I like. You got to really, you know, when, when you, you I, I don't think you go to a car dealership and you say this car. No, you study around, uh, same thing for everything. You don't take a financial advisor. Oh, he has a nice website. Let me take him. It seems hmm. good. No, you shop around, you ask reference. Who do you think I should have? You ask around. And what are the criteria I would need? And then you talk to the person. Are you going to be my dedicated rep? Or am I going to talk to a toll-free number that uh, they talk to me like I'm an anonymous client? So, And we have toll-free number for the day-to-day thing. But when it comes to important things, like I'm increasing my volume, I want to renegotiate my rates, uh, I'm not totally happy about an issue I got with the customer support. I'd like to talk to you about it. You know, who do you talk to? So the number one thing in business, but even more when you're handling money for other people, it's trust. Mm-hmm. You got to have somebody 
you trust, not somebody who give you the best rate because best rate mean nothing. Right. You know, you think you may have the best rate and you sign something and you look like, hmm, the front end rate doesn't look like the back end rate I'm paying at the bottom of my statement. So right. trust is very important. And I know one, where you want to get to as we talk about the difference between the aggregator like PayPal and Stripe and the merchant account. Well, the thing is that when you really go with a processor and you open a merchant account, it's maybe a little more, I would say, a lengthy process, a lengthier process, a longer process, Mm -hmm. because actually what happened is that we get to know you. I ask you a question. You go online, you open a PayPal, that's it's done, it's practical, it's convenient. But no, you come and you say, I'm Andrew, I'm going to make a million dollars a year, I'm going to do it through my website. My client buys every this time and the delivery is at this time and uh, my product is is this and that. And so we get to know you. So mm-hmm. now, and so so based on who you are, what you do, then we're going to work with uh, an underwriting bank and then it's going to say, yeah, I think that uh, for the amount of risk or no risk that Andrew represents, uh, I think we can we can support and uh, open a merchant account for him. So now there is actually an actual relationship. Like right. you actually have a real merchant account. You, people know who you are. It's not like you went anonymous on the on the online and you open and until you know because the things that with PayPal is that sometimes you open and then kids they realize, huh, you're in a risky account. Uh, or, huh, things are going wrong. Let me check into it. And then, oh, this is no good. With this, this work has been done up front with the merchant account, you know? Right, right, we got have, it. We have cleared all the hurdles. And so we know from the beginning if we want you or not. We're not going to shut you in the middle. So, right. so when you open that merchant account, it's not like, huh, I didn't know you were selling weapons. No, no. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like you either have a driver's license or you don't. You don't have a maybe license. You know, you, you, <laughs> exactly. you either drive that car legally or you can't. And you know what? The message that I'm getting from you is, you know, this <laughs> just like anything else, especially when you're doing big business, it's so important to handle all the little details and all the big details at the same time. And it isn't just about saying, okay, it's time to graduate to a merchant services account. It's about finding the right one because you need something that's not just suited well for you know your personality even but really your company profile and the way your business operates and the way it takes in money and the frequency with which it takes money and all these other different things that need to be considered in order to make sure that not only do you have something that is providing you something that hopefully is a good rate but also for stability so that you know that you can count on it you know that when you have that million dollar day there's not going to be any issues and you know when there's any other hiccups that you have the right person to call to get it resolved right away versus your bank account being frozen or something else going on. Well, you, you're totally right, uh, Andrew. Uh, the, the slogan, one size fits all, mm-hmm. you'll never, ever hear it from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, you're totally right. We, uh, when, we, when we open a merchant account, there is different sponsoring bank partners that are going to be in line. And we're going to choose this one because of this one, because some have an appetite for retail. Some have an appetite for more risky accounts, like travel, online training. Because, you know, in the mind of the processor, that's how it works. 
I'm not providing uh, a credit facility. I am managing risk. Hmm. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you are whether a client present with an immediate delivery, like a pharmacy, a restaurant, and I like you. Oh, you little risk. Or you are a travel agency, online marketer, and the client is not present. The delivery might be delayed. Mm-hmm. So, oh, this costs more risk. So, so has nothing to do with you old, you young, you rich, you poor. You black, you white? No, it has to do about the risk. It's the dynamics <laughs> so, of the business itself. Is yeah, is that yeah. that process and delivery in and of itself riskier than something else? For, yeah. You know, someone buying a sandwich at the counter and getting it right then and there, handed to them, versus somebody ordering something from across the world for a product that hasn't maybe even been produced yet, but will be created based on that order and eventually delivered. There's a huge difference in it being delivered reliably and it being guaranteed, therefore affecting everything else. And you're totally right. And there is, again, there is not a judgment call. Most of my clients are high risk. Mm -hmm. And high risk doesn't mean bad account. It just means because of your business model, it incurs more risk for the payment processor. But let's say I have the second largest, uh, I have one client in in Canada, particularly. I have some clients a lot in the U.S. too. But I have a client I recall recently is a, and we had the discussion, is the second largest online uh, travel agency in Canada, just after mm-hmm. Expedia. So, and, uh, so the thing is that uh, I'm talking with him and I say, you know what? When you are preparing a honeymoon package for a couple who's going to go to Tahiti, you know, in the island, two weeks in those little huts there, and it's going to be first class and it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a, a, a dream of a lifetime. They're always going to remember from the consumer side. It's like you contributed to the happiest moment on earth for me from the credit card side. It's like, well, this is travel future delivery may be risky, but if you know that from the beginning, yes, this is the type of business they do. So we're going to choose an underwriting bank that has the appetite for that kind of client and not going to say, Andrew, I don't know why you came today. I don't like people with hats. So, well, okay. So maybe I should go with people who like people with hats. You know, well, it's the same thing at the bank. It's like, there is nothing wrong about wearing a hat. There is nothing wrong about being high risk. You just have to make sure that you marry yourself with somebody who like people with hats or somebody who like high risk accounts. So here we have the expertise to say, we're going to team you up with somebody who's never going to point you and say, Andrew, you are a risk account. Why are you a high risk account? Now they're going to say, you are a high risk account. We evaluated the risk. We're happy to welcome you in our merchant family. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make sure that we provide you the best experience. Right. So good suggestion, whether people would go to you or someone else. It's, it's really important that when they're checking in with a, a merchant services provider, that that provider can speak intelligently in this way and, and explain to them the differences between you know, high risk versus low risk in, in terms of deliverability, in terms of why they might want to make a decision or lean in a certain direction. And even why, you know, something might be, and I'm being very arbitrary in these numbers, why they want to pay 
you know, 4% instead of 3.8% because the bank that's doing the 4% is much more stable and happy to work with them versus the 3.8 that could literally be risky in a different way. In other words, it's really important for people to go through those details and figure out the ins and outs and really make sure that they're making an intelligent, safe, strategic decision for the health and stability of their company. And you, again, you, you, you're so right about that. Uh, you know, I always tell people, okay, you sign up for a rate. The easy way to know what you're really paying, take the total of your fees, take your volume for the month, volume for the month divided by the fee, you'll have the real percentage you're paying. So sometimes you may think, oh, I'm going to go with him because it's cheaper. But in the end, the processing rates to sound cheaper end up being way more expensive than that people were putting you at 4% or 3%. So, so it's very important not to be, how would I say that, a uh, uh, misguided. Or, you know, it's like when you go to Las Vegas and you have a David Copperfield and mm-hmm. it's doing magic. And you're like, how did he do it? It was there and it's gone. And it's the same thing here. It's like, how did he do? It was 2% and now it's 4 Well, the question is that there is an illusion to the numbers. You got to be careful. And again, we go back to, I, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, one of the largest hotel brand chain in America uh, was with one of the largest processors. And I was introduced to the owner of those four franchised hotels. And I said, no, you cannot do anything. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, our chain negotiates very well. And we're with the best. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? It makes sense. And that's very smart move from your company. You are one of the biggest chain. And as a franchisee, you have chose to be a franchisee of that chain because of all the advantage they provide you. And so they choose the biggest and it's going to provide you. Why don't, no string attached, on my damn and time, why don't, you know, it's like when you go to a doctor, hey, what are you second advice? Why don't you give me your merchant statement? And I won't do any gimmicky stuff. I will be very transparent because when your name is Fair Merchant Solution, it's like a public statement. You, you know, right. I, I didn't call greedy merchant solution. I didn't call you, we're going to make a lot of money with you. Merchant solution is fair. So you have no choice. So we look at the, we look at the merchant statement and that's what me realize is that the company is always as good as who is representing it. Meaning mm. like in that case, the representative certainly give them a great rate. It was a really great aggressive rate, but he missed to set up the whole property management system with the payment gateway, not to get too technical, in a way that it would make the client more eligible for better rate, uh, not having in chargeback because of the way it was set up, uh, being zero liability, all that, the way that was set up, they said, hey, we have the best rate. Oh yeah, you have the best rate. But the way you, the merchant account has been set up with your property management system is like if you work every day on the landmine, on the landmine, and it can explode in your face every day because the way you set up, you can have more chargeback, you have 100% liability in case of fraud, and you're not eligible for better rates for certain type of cards. And so people were like, what? Yeah, because the rate, obviously it's important, but to understand the client structure to understand how he process sells 
And what does it do? It's very important. So if you have a representative who have a quota to do and say, you know what? I am, I have to do my quota. I have to make sales. This is the best rate. And boom, it doesn't take the time to understand the reality of the merchant uh, business model. Well, it can be having a great rate and yet be a danger. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so I'm understanding that that story correct. And again, we're we're both being careful not to name names because we don't want to do that. But a really big company went with a really big or the biggest service uh, merchant service provider. <laughs> but by nature, the fact that that was the biggest merchant service provider, they had a bunch of reps. Some were experienced, some not so much. This one happened to be someone who either was not experienced as a as a person for this, or maybe they were just a little greedy. And to make their quota, they put what seemed like a good rate on paper, but that rate didn't account for the liability, didn't account for fraud, didn't account for the fact that not all credit cards could be processed. In other words, it prevented more money from coming in, and it also left the window open for a lot of money to come out that shouldn't have for liability purposes. But this person just assumed it was the best rate, and that was the only thing that they had to think about, not realizing that it's more complicated than that. Yeah, and you're right. And you know what? I can already hear some of the listeners who say, yeah, but it's normal, Eric, you're a one-man show. They're a big company. So they have all those reps. And and so it's normal that in some of them, it's the law of the 80-20. Some are not good, some are not bad. That's not my point. My point is that I know that there is little chances that like those big guys, I'm going to have as a client, or maybe it could change, you never know. But mm. there is little chances that I may have the Walmart family as a client. Right. And you never know again, because this was a big brand. So I don't have the big brand, but four of the franchise are not coming with me. And so what I'm saying is that we are offer the best of both worlds. Is that as the owner of the company, no, I'm not alone. No, I don't have an army of people on my payroll. That doesn't mean I don't have an army of people supporting me. So actually, people have the best of both worlds. We offer a boutique service. That means like, hey, you know what? I'm a rep. I may use you as a client because you're a good account as a stepping stone for my career and move and or change and go to a competitor. As mm-hmm. the owner of the company, I, I delegate a lot of things to some teammates. Uh, but there is one thing I don't delegate is the client relationship. And right. so we have a boutique hotel is that I'm not going nowhere. My, my clients are not a stepping stone for my career. They are my career. So mm-hmm. when I am going to uh, speak with them, it's going to be owner to owner or CFO, CEO, like high executive. And I'm going to say, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. And this is why you're going to benefit from this, this, this. And when you are set up, Here's the toll-free number. So you have an army of tech support and customer support for every day, but something that nobody does, and that's because the boutique uh, aspect of a business allows, is that this is the cell phone of the owner. Hmm. And if there is a big, big problem, don't call me for you locked out of your, your login or, or you don't understand something. No, but you know, like you really have a big customer issue. You want to grow your business. You may have some concern about big transactions are coming or uh, you open new location. You want to renegotiate rate. I say, you know what? Nobody will never do that. Here's my cell phone. This is the real cell phone number. 
you can call the owner of the company anytime and talk to me and I'll make sure that I'll take care of it. Even if I have to delegate to someone who's more, a, uh, I would say, right. trained to do this or that. But you know that you're never stuck like, man, because, you know, it may happen. Huh? You know, you do a big search in sales and you didn't advise me. And so it sends a red flags. The right. merchant account provider says, oh, there is a flood price. Your account is not going to be shut down. The money is going to be held. And the bank's going to call me or call you. And then you're going to call me to say the bank call you. Or they're going to call me directly and say, Eric, we saw that uh, Andrew Mega Business did 100000 yesterday. Uh, is it normal? Uh, I mean, we don't want this merchant to be frauded. So it's for, for his sake, for his defense. Right. We, we just put a hold. But we're not shutting it down. Could you call them or we're going to call them to see what's happening? And you call, hey, Andrew, what's going on? Oh, Eric, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you. We did an email campaign and man, it was a success. Congratulations. And, and we got like four or five times the sales we normally had. And when did that happen? This week. Ah, oh, it makes sense. So I'll go back yeah, and go I back call and tell them and, and I say, no. And because they have that relationship with you, um, they understand that everything's all in the clear. And in 24 to 48 hours, the funds are released. And mm. you continue and now you educate it. Next time, if you have a big campaign, let me know. And with time, and with time, we're going to have a profile of your payment processing history. So you won't even have to call. We know right. that twice a year is going to happen at this time and it's normal. Cool. So um, this is a lot of this is really good information. And I know a large part of my audience are entrepreneurs. I think those that aren't entrepreneurs, they're, they're probably like, like eh, this, this episode isn't really for me. But for entrepreneurs listening right now, this is such important information and such important details because wherever you are in your business, for everyone listening out there, at some point, you're going to need to take a step up. And when you do, it's like it sounds so simple, but it's really important to, to think about these things in advance, to think about, you know, working with a, a service provider, a merchant service provider, to warning them for a big boost in business. Um, when you're still on the aggregators like PayPal and Stripe to, if you can, warning them. In other words, to doing whatever steps you can to, to kind of account for the fact that you might have huge boosts or huge changes or huge swings in your business. Because again, it's such a huge part of making sure things run smoothly. Also, I would personally suggest that if it's at all possible in your model to have cash on hand, because that way when, when the shit hits the fan, so to speak, you know, you, you've got something to hold you over and make sure that things are, are running smoothly. Now, with all that said, Eric, because I know we covered so many different things here, um, I want to see, like, for again, for those entrepreneurs listening, whether they're on the cusp of, like, hitting that two hundred to 300000 like, annual revenue or they're just starting out, like, what do you think is the best advice that you would want to impart on people, um, whether it's it's business growth advice or it's something to watch out for or just advice based on your industry, what's the one gem that you really want to make sure to share with people in this interview? Wow, that's really an excellent question. And uh, I have a, a necklace of gems, so I have to choose one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, we'll choose uh, like one, one or two of the best ones. <laughs> uh, I think that the the key thing is that ask around you, somebody who's in a similar industry, who they're using, and what kind of challenge they have. Do your homework. 
Don't just go like, oh, it's a flashy website. Oh, they do 2.0. That seems interesting. Ah, I like the website. The, the, yeah, this seems like a good rate. No, no. Do your homework like you would do when you bought your first home, your first car. There is no reason you wouldn't do for your merchant account. And all this painful in between inverted commas work, homework that you do now, is going to be such a big benefit later. Because if you do your homework, who who do you have? Your risk account like me, you, you maybe not in the same industry, but I understand your client's not present. The delivery is maybe a little delayed. So who do you using? Why did you choose them? Uh, uh, what challenge did you have them at the beginning? Do you still have challenges? So because you know what? There is the worst thing is that I married this one and I realized it's a total disaster. I should mm. have never married this one. Uh, talking about a provider. So, uh, so that's very important. Make sure that you ask the question like, uh, really, are you, uh, comfortable dealing with this type of merchant? Because we are considered risky because we're online or, or, or we, we sell travel, which is online or we sell CBD products or, you know, mm. what, or, or gambling online. What are you comfortable with that? Uh, that's important because, you know, before we start, so, so that's something very, very important. The other thing I think that nowadays, you know, nowadays in, in the traditional world before the ratio of merchant account versus, uh, you know, gateway account, uh, may have worked in the past. No, I realize people have multiple diversified businesses and sometimes they want to diverse, diversify risk and what they don't know because they always force him to have one merchant account, one thing is today we could have a, what I call a uh, multi merchant account capabilities. Like that means that I have a, a service as a software company who say, I'm with Stripe, I'm moving out uh, because also my shopping cart, which is another part which is important, uh, choosing the right shopping cart. You know, when you do a, Sales online, let's say you have the website, you have the developer, you have the shopping cart, and then you have the merchant account. Well, he was not happy with the shopping cart and, and, and Stripe, and he want to move to the next step. And he say, well, I don't want to be stuck with one provider. I say, when you're with me, you're not stuck with one provider. Today, what we can do, we can open multiple accounts with different banks. And so you diversify the risk. So that's a big gem. People always think I have to be with one bank. Mm. And one provider. No, we we can help to have a multiple multiple accounts, but you don't have to pay for each account. It's under one gateway, but with diversifying the risk. So always think diversifying the risk. It's not because you're opening a merchant account that you're stuck with one account or one banking relationship. So right. I think that uh, that's very important. And one last one, because I feel generous today. <laughs> Thank and you. <laughs> And, I'll take it. and, uh, you know, coming from a money guy, you know, it's not every day. <laughs> so, uh, but in my nature, I guess I consider myself the Robin Hood of payment processing. So, uh, uh, I think that, uh, one thing is very important is that think like, you know, everybody pays big bucks to go to seminar, but how do I scale my business? That's what you hear every day. Scaling, 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 scaling. You know, I go right. to that seminar scaling. Well, it's the same thing for payment processing. Think how you're going to scale your business. And I give you an example. People at the beginning think, oh, it's just about the rate. But think about how your business you want to evolve, uh, evolve. So uh, are you going to do recurring billing? 
because you're going to have a monthly subscription. Uh, do you want to do electronic invoicing? So you send an electronic invoice and people click on it and it could be ACH or by credit card, you know? Have you thought about that? Uh, what kind of shopping card you, you, you'd like to have? What kind of report capabilities you want to have? Because you want to know exactly, not have a one lump sum number put on your bank account, but, ha, huh, okay, this type of card, okay, this type of card. So, so you have to ask all this kind of, of, uh, of question to yourself. Uh, uh, am I going to have a mobile application? So does my provider going to be able to have a mobile application for payment, which is different than the re the regular. Uh, fraud, do I do fraud? Uh, uh, what should I do about fraud? Am I PCI? Am I not PCI? Is my providers gonna help me be PCI compliant, which means having, uh, being compliant with all the security that the visa require for a merchant? And, and, and that's very important. Uh, am I going to touch the data or not the data? All those questions you have to ask security, not just rate, security, uh, reporting, uh, scalability. So, so there is many, many questions. And remember, you may feel overwhelmed right now. Say, man, I was listening for that guy for 25 minutes. Everything was going well. And now that's it. I lost it. I forget <laughs> about it. You know, no, no, don't feel overwhelmed. Actually, what happened is that you don't even have to remember that because a good merchant service provider is going to be your success partner. Of course, we want to have you as a client and make money with you. But this is, this is like a short side version. The mm -hmm. idea is that we have 1% attrition rate in an industry at 35% uh, attrition rate. Why? It's because we take the time to understand the merchant. So don't feel overwhelmed when you hear me say all those things because we will make sure to ask the right question and to see what's the right fit. Right. So, 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 so don't worry about it. And, and also because I think, you know, it's very easy for anyone to get lost on that last point just because you just gave a barrage of volume. Like anyone who doesn't know what PCI is, that's okay. The whole point is you're going to have this recording now to listen to, write all those things down and whether it's Eric or someone else that you might be like, you know, interviewing or, or checking out, just run those things by them and have them explain their approach, have them explain what it means, what it does, their approach, what's sound versus not sound business practices in regards to that, like use that barrage of info and questions that Eric just put out there um, that you can either grill him or somebody else when the time comes that you want to graduate or your business is doing well enough that it's time to graduate to, um, merchant services provider. With that said, Eric, if people want to reach out to you and find out more about you and connect, what's the best way for them to do so? I think that in, in this day of uh, online, the best way, I guess, would be to send me an email to eric, E-R-I-C, at fairmerchantsolutions.com. Beautiful. And uh, I, I think that I want to encourage people to listen to that uh, podcast, that interview, and not only to listen it, not to boost my ego, not to increase the level of uh, audience, but just because Andrew is so intelligent and caring about the entrepreneur world that he goes where nobody dares going, where he goes where s topics may not be seem attractive on first sight, but actually this interview you may find after a while very valuable, no matter who you deal with in terms of merchant processing. And I encourage you not only to listen to it, 
but to listen it many, many, many times. So it's become kind of a reflex because I believe that, as you say, Andrew, cash may be king, but also, you know what, when you have a good merchant processing account, it's easy for people to buy from you because you accept credit card. And we know nowadays the world is plastic, you know, mm-hmm. also. So if you have a good merchant account and you know how to have it, then man, suddenly from, oh yeah, those people are robbing me. I, I, I have problem from, wow, this is a success partner. It turned transaction processing into profit generation. So what's important in whether you work with me or not, what's important that that interview gonna see processing in a different light and listen and listen and listen again, because even if you don't have to become a pro at payment processing, you have to have you seven questions that you ask when you're shopping around for merchant processing, like you have when you're shopping for a house or a car or anything else. Right. Well, Eric, thanks so much for, for giving so much value here. I, I'd like to think that um, you, we've taken a topic that honestly can be very, very dry, but I hope that the what we have here and what, what you communicated is going to either earn or save people that are listening, either hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars in the long term, just by <clears throat> taking to heart a, a number of the points that you made and also now knowing to ask about those things when it's time to them, for them to level up. And also hopefully we just put in, in the minds of people like, just think about this and get your head in this direction because that's really the point. The point of business is to serve and to succeed. And, you know, the succeeding part, that, that's a big pit, part of it because if you don't succeed, then you can't t- continue to serve. So you want to position yourself in a good way where the business gets better and better and stronger and stronger and more and more lucrative, to be really honest. And part of that involves taking the time and effort and energy to ask these kind of questions, to think about these kinds of points and to really do the, the either the mental heavy lifting of handling it yourself or at the very least, the mental heavy lifting of finding the right person to handle it for you. And like you said, ask around, ask people um, who they use, who they trust, make sure that they have good reports, good reviews, just like you would for a doctor, just like you would for a car salesperson, just like you would for a house, for anything else. So Eric, thank you so, so much for just delivering so much value and, and really delivering impact for, I know a lot of people that are going to get a lot out of this. Well, uh, thank you again for giving me the opportunity. People on the, on this podcast may have heard or felt my entrepreneurial passion. And as much as figure can be intimidating, uh, what's important is that payment processing can become a success partner for you. You just have to choose the right partner to help you along the way. So thank you again for taking the time to to open the eyes uh, of entrepreneur with regards to that topic. Thank you so very much, uh, Andrew. Thank you so much, Eric, for such a thorough conversation with me. Thank you for going through all those details. Uh, I really strongly believe people will be able to refer to this often in the future when they want to go back, when they're taking the next step in their business and are ready to graduate to a higher level in their merchant services. So thank you so much. Guys, if you enjoyed that, if you got a lot of value out of it, by all means, please leave a quick, honest, written review while you're at it. You know, if you haven't done so already, pull out that phone, hit the subscribe button, and uh, just know we've got a lot more interesting stuff on the way, a lot more awesome guests. Uh, Stay tuned. There might be one just around the corner. Until then, take care. 
Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.